You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome, and after 50 glorious minutes in the green room, we are here for the 309th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis, who was dancing when he was 12. And this is... uh, Did we stop uh, This is This is Spencer in Boston. Guys, I got lost in my notes. I got lost in all the items that little guy put on the agenda tonight. Um, <laughs> this podcast is going to be three hours long. What do you, uh, Spencer? <laughs> what was the quote of the green room? Do you think I? I'm going to throw out there. That was a really good idea, but I thought it would just make a better tweet. Yeah. So I tweeted. Well, I tweeted one of the things out of my. Many slack. Thirty nine editions for thirty nine agenda items, little guy. <laughs> and I tweeted one of them, so we only have thirty eight. Okay. So, as always, you can head over to our Twitter account at the Slow Ride Pod or our Instagram account at the Slow Ride Pod to uh, see all of the wonderful ideas that are coming out of little guy's brain, including <laughs> links to our YouTube channel, the yeah, YouTube dot com slash Wide Angle Podium, where we have almost 500 subscribers for the little previews of big bike races with the little guy of which he gave us two this week, Lombardi and Dauphiné, right? Little guy. Yeah. Package deal. Package right? deal. Together? I did something together. I don't remember what I did. Which yep. one do you want to talk about first between Dauphiné? Well, let's go. We got Dauphiné. We have Lombardia. Yeah. We have a bunch of other great conversational pieces to go off of that, including 37 other agenda items. So <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about Lombardia first because then the Dauphiné can roll into like a tour conversation okay. too. So Lombardia is like its own thing. So Lombardia happened. That is one of the monuments, usually the last monument of the cycling season, yeah. as yeah. we all know, glorious this time, because the only reason I used to watch Lombardia was to see what the world championship kit looked like. That was the whole was reason. Unveiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no uh, other reason to watch It's a great race. Uh, it's a great race. It's a great race. Speak for yourself. Um, I, of the six monuments in cycling, uh-huh. I yes. would rate it as number six. I agree that it is definitely... It is trying to find its feet in the world of monuments at this point. <laughs> it is it is trying to find its way after, what, 172 editions or something? Well, like I, f- yeah. I feel like being thrown at the end of the season for so long, it hasn't been able to... It doesn't have that excitement that all the That's spring true. monuments have. That's everything true. else being spring, it, we're all pretty worn out. Even though, I mean, if you think about it, it always has a stellar field. Um, and this year, it ki- though it had a good field, it still got pretty screwed that it had to go against the second biggest stage race of the year yeah well, <laughs> probably which is the dauphine so mm-hmm. it's always getting the short end well so, and tim's on to something like it was it's a fine race it's a it's a it's a good race i'm not saying it's a bad race but the main reason to tune in 
was to see what the world champion was going to do. Like, were they going to show up with white shorts? You know, were they going to, you know, have everything all decked out or was their clothing manufacturer behind schedule? And throwing it in the middle of a, a season or the early part of the season, I guess, technically. Um, yeah. It really, you have to watch the race as a race and compare it <laughs> to everything else. And I mean, guys, I'm not, uh, I'm not opposed to bumping it out of the monument conversation and replacing it with Strata oh Bianca. Oh my God. So I don't think there's any reason to bump it out. I think we, we just add Strata to the I list mean, is how I feel. I, I, if, if the, if the cycling calendar is normal, I like it where it is and it can be a monument. If if we ever need to move it off that date, I don't know that it stands on its own. It's it's a it's a good season capper, right? It's a good yeah. after post tour criterion. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, post tour criteria. I mean, if you just looked at it on its own this year, leading up to it, you had Remco coming in hot. You had Fuslan. Speaking you had of Nibali. coming in hot, <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll get there. And you had you had whether or not George Bennett really had the stuff. Well, to 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 do well at a one day race against the big hitters. Okay, let's go two two things here, little guy. First off, B team. This is a B team race. The way that it was put on the calendar this year, you don't have. Bit. It's not you know you have Richard Carapaz, prime example of a B team racer. Even though he won the Giro, sure, but he is not. Yeah, he, he's not on the yeah. tour team because yes, yes. he's going to was a bit B teamy because he's going to be the guy for um yeah yeah the Giro. He, he's going to be the guy for the Giro. So one of the the questions I have is, I mean, I guess I'll address this to you, little guy, because this is one of your 39 (laughs) items, so this will be a little bit of a joint. Uh You're over Lotto Jumbo. You're over Yellow Lotto just winning everything. I was feeling feeling pretty over it this week, and, and obviously earlier in the week when I wrote that on the Slack, they were winning everything. We had Bennett winning at Piedmont uh, last Wednesday, and then we had Wout winning the first day at the Dolphin A, and then Primos rolling in on everything. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we ended the Dolphin A with Cuss winning a stage. So, yes, I am feeling already a little lotto fatigue. Though I was excited for Bennett to win a bike race. I think it was his first pro win, maybe his second. Maybe he'd won a national title. I have to say I was very excited to see him get a chance to lead the team even though it was the the Jumbo B team at Lombardy. Because he, he showed that he has the stuff. Like, he went toe-to-toe with Fuslang, who you could say that it wasn't the most stacked field there, but Fuslang was there, and he's been, like, A quality the last couple of years. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, I get it. I That's B team talk. Let's go to, is just Lotto yeah. Jumbo on the good stuff too much this year? I mean, they are definitely on the good, uh, whatever they on. What's that stuff that they're on? The good uh, stuff. They're on the ketones. I'm trying to remember. They're on like, the ketones. No, it's the ketones. It's ketones. They're definitely, they're definitely using the ketones. Yeah. It sounds That's to me. I, I don't even know what to say an, about that. An outside observer here. It sounds to me, little guy, like Tim is desperately trying to get you on the anybody, anyone but Wout train, which is... I can't tell I if he's on or off no. anymore because he keeps flip-flopping on the topic. No, I, yeah, I don't know either. I am definitely <laughs> excited about Watt winning so much, but I, you got to admit we've been through two, three weeks of this the season well, so far, and it's been it's been it's been jumbo, 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 well, and it's just, it's already starting to feel a little. All right, come on. 
I'm going to jump in here real quick. Uh-huh. Um, I want WoW to win everything. That's fine. But I am with little guy a little bit kind of getting bored of the yellow lotto train just because like, so you got primos, right? You got George Bennett looking good out there. You got all these guys. And then it's like, oh, Sep Cuss just wins a stage of Daphne. Yeah. You're like, oh, forgot about that yeah. guy. Like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of, a lot of tools in that uh, tool chest. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're GC. I mean, obviously they're one day, but like just their GC team is beyond stacked. I mean, yeah, so the fact look, that Dumoulin is their third string GC guy. So yeah. let me just well, maybe not strike like another item off the agenda, little guy. Um, so does that make Ineos the underdogs? Well, okay. Are we done? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, this is Dauphinine <laughs> talk. Let's finish. Let's finish Lombardy. Let's finish Lombardy. Okay. Uh, Lombardy wins. Bennett gets second. Remco Obviously, crashes off. One a of the big thing. Remco. Remco okay. hit the side of a bridge and fell in a ditch. Yes. Let me. Well, the ditch is an embank- embankment like twenty five feet below the bridge. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I got yes. two things here. Yes. First off, I want to go to a listener email because I got a listener email that directly. Um, works with this. This one comes from us from a uh, friend of the pod in Baltimore, Jay Laser. Guys, just got caught up on Saturday's race and was wondering your take on why there was so much confusion over who had crashed with 50k to go. The helicopter video clearly shows the head UCI official's car slow and stop behind Evan Pohl's crash. Were they protecting the rider or game planning damage control options for an unprotected <laughs> bridge abutment? I know you can't protect every corner, but a sharp stone edge on a bridge on a steep descent hairpin turn over a gorge seems like maybe one you'd consider. Keep up the great potting. Mm -hmm. So that comes to us from Jay. So how much can we blame the UCI for this one? I already ran them a new one last week, so (laughs) should we just pile it on? Uh, Well, I mean, they certainly didn't. I mean, we can go later in the race, and uh, Shockman gets taken out by a random car on the course. So they obviously are a little off their game. Um, I oh, yeah. think it's probably more on RCS than the UCI for for that sort of like mid race sort of stuff. I, okay, I don't so know. Let's talk Remco's crash first. We'll get to the Schaukman, Schnappman, Schaumann, Max crash. Uh-huh. I just wanted you Max. To yeah. Let's call him Max. Yeah. So Remco goes over. Here's my question to you. Yeah, obviously a horrible crash, right? He's okay. Broken pelvis is the somehow good news on that situation. If right. you put it all together, but thankfully for him, here's my question to you guys. I have friends that work at a bike shop. I understand working at a bike shop is the worst thing for someone that really likes bike riding because everyone wants to come in t- and talk to you about the bike race. This happened to me all the time at Swift cycle, rest in peace, 607 West university Avenue in St. in uh, Gainesville, Florida. But as also a connoisseur, I'm on a text message thread with my friends that are on embargo. They didn't say they were on embargo, by the way, but I was like, hey, Matthew Vanderpool got dropped. And the guy writes back. He says, oh, come on, man. Don't do that. I'm like, raise my hand. I say, I'm sorry. That was a violation of the embargo. I shouldn't have said that Matthew Vanderpool gets dropped. I get it. Ten seconds later, I say, holy crap, Remco just crashed over the side of a bridge. No one knows if he's okay. They were more livid with that than with the Matthew Vanderpool dropping Mm -hmm. my argument is when you crash over a bridge and fall down into a ravine and we don't know what happens like the embargo's off at that point that is a catastrophic Mm -hmm. crash or an event that 
if it gets cut, like I had a feeling like this thing could get covered by a daily newspaper here in the U S like it's that big of a crash. Like you could see that thing on sports center. I argue that I did not violate the no spoilers embargo. My question to you guys, my judge, jury and executioners, was I wrong in this situation? Uh, the thing is, what were they say? So like, what were they doing? Because uh, <laughs> here's an example. One time, I was on a trip when I lived with our our I'll say friend of the podcast, Carlos. And when I lived with Carlos, and while I was out of town, my cat died, and there was nothing I could do about this, right? Yeah. And and I was going to be home in like a week, and they just he didn't tell me, and I'm glad he didn't tell me because. I was enjoying myself on a trip and there was nothing I could do. You know what I mean? And it, it was at a weird point. It was just sort of like, wow. what was I going to do? Uh, well, my friend Joey was working at the bike shop he manages here in Orlando. So not as catastrophic as a well, cat dying I'm just saying, while on vacation. No, I'm just saying, is he going to enjoy the rest of his day worrying about whether or not Remco's alive? Whereas he could have just oh, finished no, no, the no. repair no, no. he, he was working He spent the rest on. of his day just yelling at me on Twitter or on, on text messages about how I ruined his day for letting him know that Remco crashed over the side of a bridge, to which I still do well, not, I will not accept he, any blame on this. Well, here's the thing. Remco is, I would say he went in as the odds on favorite to win that race. Yeah. So you saying that he crashed out mid race yeah. spoils a large portion of the race from the beginning, especially yeah. because up into the point before he crashed, he had had his, he'd had Dries, whatever the heck his name on the front. Like he was driving the pace 50 K out. Like we, if you're watching the race up to that point, you think, well, Remco is about to put in a move. So, you know, so you're saying I spoiled it. Like I am a bad yes. person for saying that Remco crashed. Yeah, you're a monster. You're a monster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Spencer. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I think I see your point with the, the level of incident, uh, maybe transcends, like it's something that people need to know, or they're going to hear about one way or the other. And you want to, for me, you want to get the scoop. You want to be first in, (laughs) I, I understand that, but here's what you needed to do. You needed to text them. Oh my God. Redacted just crashed over the side of a bridge and they can't find his body and we don't know if he's okay or not. And then they all freak out and they'll be like, who, who, who? And then you can tell them because they asked you. But Ah, I think, I think that not, not identifying the rider allows, Uh, allows them to just go in any direction in their head that they want to go. Like could be nobody important. Could be some, could be, you know, superstar. Okay. okay, I get it. And little guy, and point then, taken on what you what you're saying. Yeah, but then you mm-hmm. so you give yourself this uh, this Lights bubble, out. this bubble that you live in, where you're protected now. But you got to do the thing you wanted to do. So I'm gonna so, have to uh, rule with little guy on this and say that you are in the wrong for naming the rider. <laughs> so I just want <laughs> to say, if you. it comes election night uh-huh. and I'm out doing something, it's election night. I'm just, if someone texts me, I'll be like, whoa, 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 no spoilers. Or if it's, uh, you know, 19, was it 1963 when Kennedy gets shot? Uh I'm watching on, you know, I just want to see a speech from Love Field in Dallas. 
and someone calls me up like, can you believe Kennedy was shot? I'm going to be like, whoa, man, come on. I haven't lived the day yet. I haven't. No spoilers, man. I was going to read the newspaper later. <laughs> That's totally different than watching a bike race. The, How's the it different? The bike race is all about anticipation. It's all about anticipation. Watching a bike race is Little about guy. the buildup and the anticipation. A la Milan Sanremo. Did we not just talk about a race last week that is, for all intents and purposes, extremely boring for six hours? Yes. But those six but- <laughs> hours lead to a crescendo. And you yourself made this point. So... Yeah, but if Sagan crashes over the side of the Poggio through one of those garage doors, then you're like, whoa, did you guys hear about what happened to Sagan? I don't know. I just, uh, just I'm just saying. I mean, would I, you, I you think... probably would have called me up on that stage of the tour in 2011 where, where, where Vokler bunny hopped into somebody's driveway and almost went into their garage and oh, stopped yeah. just in time. You probably, you probably called me up that day and told me that before I got to watch it. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. 100% he did. And, you know, 100% he called us or did whatever. I don't know if we even had text messages at the time. We probably had our messenger radios at the time. When uh, when the Baloki yeah, Lance crash happened, you know, like he he probably alerted us to that. He, he, Tim's got a long history of this, dear Tim's friends <laughs> who are on this text message channel. Maybe maybe just turn your phone off that day or mute that uh, conversation on any important race days because it's a hundred percent going to happen and you can't stop it. Wow. All right. Um, let's go to the next part. Uh, you know, congratulations to Jakob Fulsang for winning George Bennett in second. And then the very game Russian national champion, Alexander Vlasov in third. Balke Malima. Yeah, that dude's good. And fourth. And then Jalido Ciccione of Trek Segafredo in fifth for the wide angle podium. Shout out to Dario Cataldo of Movistar for a solid 16th place. And then do you guys want to guess who like- the top American was? I don't remember. Was Roscoff at that one? Yeah, Roscoff with twenty eighth place. So if you if you Google Control F, you can get down to Max um, Shoutman in seventh place, who still got seventh place four and a half minutes down, while getting hit by someone's aunt in a car during (laughs) (laughs) a bike race. Oh, that's such a terrible crash. Just in in the fact that. Like that's a crash I've had. You know, where you're going around a corner and a car just suddenly takes a much harder corner than you think like you could tell that he was like oh this is a weird race vehicle and then suddenly they just darted left and he oh i mean that was just like that was just like a crash i would have had at work you know what i mean it just was like do you guys want to venture to guess on how the car got on the track got on the course i'm willing to bet i know how uh no i don't know where you're going with this i I do know how so well i'm just i'm assuming that it has something to do with the old uh you know how many races have we put on where we've had to hire police officers to watch a corner of a bike race? <laughs> and then they're just kind of like, whatever, man, I get paid $75 an hour. No one told me what to do. Just make it quick. Yeah. And then oh yeah, totally. she went on the course and just, you know, he, he was, what, three minutes behind at that point? Yeah. That, you know, well, there's no, like, rolling enclosure. You want to know the real story? Sure. <laughs> Apparently they have a uh, 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 an underground garage or something on the course, and they just didn't know there was a bike race. Opened up their garage door and drove out, <laughs> and we're driving down the street. And that's uh, it's a monument. It's a monument. Yeah. Well, you that know. tells you how important that race is. Exactly. 
Isn't that crazy uh, but, to think of? Like, this is the sort of stuff we are on the other side of the world talking about, and this person lives on the course, and she's just like, "What just happened?" Hmm. Some guy <laughs> yeah. named Max ran into the back of me, and he's like, yeah. "What the fuck?" She's like, "Some some guy on a bike ran into my car, and I got." Two tickets from the Italian police <laughs> equaling 130 euros in fines and two points uh, on my insurance. What? And I got lit up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook <laughs> <laughs> for just living my life. I was just trying to go to the supermarket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, very interesting. Thanks for the story there, Spencer. Little guy. Yeah. You have um, approximately 25 agenda items left. Let's get into the <laughs> Dauphiné. Tell me who won, why it matters. I watched absolutely zero of this race because I didn't have time, nor have I re-upped my NBC Sports Gold subscription yet. And I will be when the tour comes around the corner. Oh, my God. How do I summarize the Dauphiné? Well, Roglic looked like he was on top of the world until whatever the second to last stage when Bernal had already dropped out because his back hurt. Spencer knows all about that. Oh, yeah. And then Roglic crashes. Kreiswick also crashes. Kreiswick's out with a dislocated shoulder. Mm-hmm. Roglic is out with a bunch of road rash. So the last day we start, Pino suddenly handed the jersey. And then Martinez of EF Education First, our own friend of the show, Mitch Docker's teammate takes the win over Tebow and Martin of Kofidis fame, of handbag Kofidis fame. It's insane. So I, this, this, this leads in, this leads into the fact that I was so against Lotto. And then suddenly, uh, you got to finish the race. You got to not crash. Um, Okay. You know, like the tour is going to be weird this year. I am, so let me- uh, I am surprised that the snowman did crash. <laughs> I'm not 100% surprised. That the, This will lead into another conversation, but yes, Tim, go on. Okay, so I picked up a couple things. First off, you give a drop of the Kofidis uh, grocery bag that you got that you're hanging yep. over your oh, shoulder. Yeah. Check it out on our Instagram page. <laughs> Thanks to a listener of the pod for sending that over to you, Jay. Yep. Um, Pino. Pino was going to win. What happened to Pino? I, he couldn't he couldn't bring back Martinez. It, was it a descent? It went, I, no, it wasn't a descent. So the, the the fourth and the fifth stage finished on the same climb, like up a mountain and then on an airstrip. Um and I think it was the guy from Inner Ring, I guess gal from Inner Ring, I don't know who Inner Ring is, who tweeted something like the last stage of the Dolphin A is always pretty much the best day of stage race action of the year. And I think they're they're 100% right, like the last few years. You've got, I think we can all agree that Thibaut, Martinez, and uh, Martin are probably not going to win the Tour over Lotto or Ineos. But at this smaller race, they can definitely use their underdog status to, like, go nuts. And that last day, the field just, just exploded. Was Nairo so in this it, race? Nairo is in the race. You know, I don't know what happened to Nairo on the last day. I got to admit, when I was watching it, I did not see Nairo. Um, you had a bunch of big names blow up, like Landa blew up. Um, but you, you know, then you had uh, you had guys like Dumoulin um, finishing like seventh, I think. So he's he's coming back to form. Like, du- yeah, Dumoulin ended up seventh on GC. So now at this point, uh, Jumbo Jumbo Visma has three podium options at the tour possibly which is insane it's wild Ineos maybe has none 
Okay. So, so it sounds like it was a lot of fun. I should have watched it is what you're saying. You definitely, you definitely should watch some of the stages. Um, I think, you know, Sepkus won the last stage. He also ended up yep. moving up to 10th overall on GC. Um, yeah. At the end of it there. So, no, so, it was a great race. Um, but, yeah, you had guys like Landa, like, blowing. Like, Adam Yates, Landa, Enric mm-hmm. Moss. Those guys are, like, 18. Richie Port, I believe so, somebody said he was a GC guy once. But As you guys know, I love the Dauphiné. And I love it every year I bring this up because it is my one surefire <laughs> guaranteed theory in cycling this like, this like four never years fails. In a row. This this theory never fails. Um, it is that uh, uh, whoever finishes between sixth and tenth in the Dauphiné is going to win the tour. But the schedule's all messed up this year, so I need yeah. to reconfigure my calculations. And do you want to go through the, your six through ten? Yeah, because the timeline is is no longer a, a month before the tour or whatever. It's like two weeks before. So okay. I'm going to move. The, I'm going to shift this up to fourth, fourth through <laughs> seventh. So wow. that fourth gives through us seventh. Pogacar, oh. Lopez, yeah. Bardet, and Dumoulin as three of your uh, – three of those folks will be on your podium at the tour. It's a guarantee. All right. Let's just, uh, yeah, just go that, to Roller Derby right now and just put all your internet reputation on those bets. I mean, I that mean, makes sense, Spencer. They make all an look argument. A make an bit... argument against it. I don't see uh, – I see everyone no. else peaking too early. Here's the thing is that everyone dropped out too. Nairo appears to have dropped out. Um, Chryswick, sure, he's gone. Yeah. But Roglic is coming back. Bernal is definitely coming back. Come on. He's playing possum. This is straight out of the Lance Armstrong textbook mm-hmm. everyone's gonna be like oh he's not feeling good yeah. he's gonna come out and absolutely crush it little guy wants to think chris Froome is actually gonna show up to the tour and do well we all discussed well, last week why that is never gonna happen um well yeah let's let's see where Froome. i don't even know where Froome finished on gc but it's probably really far down uh 71st oh my god the, the only uh you know sticking point to my new rock solid theory is Nairo. I think Nairo is maybe uh, benefited the most of the uh, last week's uh, shenanigans in pro cycling. So he has come through unscathed hmm. and seems like he's riding well and then didn't push himself too hard in the end. So I'm a little, I mean, I'm a little worried about that. How did um friend of the pod, Garrett Thomas do? Wow. Um, 37th on GC, a whopping 53 minutes down. This is the man who's won and finished second in the last two Tour de France's 53 minutes. Well, let me tell you something, little guy. From the world according to G, page 74, sometimes you just need to work bloody hard. You will do brutally long hours. You will get tired, (laughs) and angry bike riders will take out their frustrations on you. Not because it's your fault, but simply because you are the nearest person. That is from his chapter on Swaniers. Not because it's your fault. Just remember that. Yeah, part. it's not your fault. Well, well, I hope he works bloody hard in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> with that, let's go to friend of the pod, the one and only Michael Matthews, to get a up to date report on what's happening in the bubble of professional cycling. Mm-hmm. 
to everybody and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. All right, guys, we are here once again in the Prim Lap. We are absolutely stoked this week to welcome a new sponsor to the Wide Angle Podium Network and the Slow Ride Podcast. And that new sponsor is Watt Bike, the makers of the Watt Bike, Adam. And uh, little guy, you are such a connoisseur of um, in-home training, right? Like you, you can throw down yes. the watts. What, what, is your, what is your main takeaway that we can get at when we first start to talk about the new uh, Watt bike, Adam? I think the main thing that makes it look appealing is is that it has, uh, it gives you a feel for the road. So there's like, there's a mode, it's called the ERG mode that ensures that resistance automatically changes based on the training you're doing. So it feels like you're on the road. Sure, That sure, to sure. me sounds cool because I hate <laughs> sprinting. <laughs> on a trainer that jumps around the floor and is the same no matter what. Yeah, this thing is not jumping around. It's clearly no. when I did some uh, additional research, because I saw this thing, I was like, that looks pretty heavy duty. And then I saw that it was basically made for the entirety of the British track cycling team, which for anybody that uh, knows anything about track cycling, it's that the British track cycling team is way better at it than almost yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And so it's yeah. built to have all the watts and all the measurements. Come on, little guy. In the green room, you were talking about the other main takeaway of the Watt bike and where you can <laughs> you can have this Watt bike. Well, one of the main takeaways I took from the photos they supplied was that you, unlike some other brands, you can put this in your basement, in your garage. You don't have to put it in front of the picture window in your modernist apartment or in your modernist mansion. Uh -huh. um, what I liked is that this one... This thing is 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 for the serious cyclist who's actually training because the photos they sent along were a guy in his garage pounding out the watts, oh yeah, getting ready to yeah, actually yeah, yeah. crush some crush some <laughs> not just crush some like uh, pedestrian paths like crush some real watts. Yeah, <laughs> when you go to the um, it's so you go to wattbike dot com slash us to check out this bike. Please follow that link. It'd be fantastic for you to head over there. It allows us to, uh, in the network, get some credit here. But when you go to wattbike.com slash US, the thing that sticks out to me is that, A, you can use it anywhere, but it is like a built entirety unit. Like I have a trainer. I have a smart trainer, which I have to connect with a variety of cables <laughs> and all other types of things. I'm worried about like where I'm going to put it. This thing you know, when I'm not using it, I can totally put a dress shirt on here and it would totally look fine, right? It can kind of, <laughs> it can cover yeah. as like a storage device, whereas those um, smart well, trainers, I... you got exposed gears with kids mm -hmm. running around. They can get their hands all stuck on the uh, the cogs and the cassette. This thing actually looks pretty good. I'm, it I'm, comes glad, with... you, I'm glad you brought up the looks <laughs> because when I popped this open for the first time, I was like, well, dang, this looks nicer than my bike. Like, it's it, it's got all the arrow trappings. It's got a nice it, like it looks, it looks really good. Yeah. So you should totally check it out. Here's the thing that most people want to know: Can you connect it with Zwift? I can just tell you right now. Yes, I already walked through the whole videos setups. <laughs> it's super simple. Get on there. You can go to Zwift. Here's the downside for you using this bike on Zwift, and this is totally supposed to be a positive on the bullet points. Yeah. So I know I'm already <laughs> towing the line here, guys. 
One of the yeah, main positives on the bullet points is that this thing is so ridiculously accurate with the watt countage that it's like mm-hmm. within was like 0.02% of the actual watt total that you're doing is is accurately recorded, which means mm-hmm. you're going to have major problems when you're going up against everybody else in Zwift that is like kind of fudging their weight. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. you're going to be getting the best possible work. I know, again, yeah. I'm towing the fine line here on this one, but this thing looks like the real deal to me. I'm just I'm just mm-hmm. throwing it out there. Yeah. Well, you'll train better. You just might lose the first Swift race, but you'll win the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. Anyways, just head on over. They got the real road fi- r- real ride field technology. Feels like you're riding on the road. Head to wattbike.com slash us and once again that's what w-a-t-t bike.com slash us to find out more we'd also like to thank the continuing partnership at grimper brothers head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more about the two wonderful blends we have that will be sent out to you and finally WideAnglePodium.com is your number one source for cycling podcasts and independent media. There is a slew of shows over there, including the Gravel Lot. We have a uh, brand new one um, up for Concert Athlete. Talked about them many times before. Mm-hmm. Cyclocross Radio, the Grodio continues to slay it. But this week, I do want to give a major shout out to our friends in the parts bin, Radio Zwift. I didn't know there would be six shows about Zwift racing on my podcast catcher. Um, I, I've, I've been listening on Spotify lately. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying Radio Zwift. Uh, they'll probably do a, a whole uh, setup on uh, the Watt bike, as mentioned earlier. But Zwift, the, Radio Zwift is actually some great listening. They're getting high-powered interviews, too, by the way. Absolutely. That's true. Um, one last thing I want to call out before we um, move on out of the Supreme Lab is... And I know we mentioned it at the top of the show, the uh, Wide Angle Podium YouTube page, youtube.com slash Wide Angle Podium. There has been a ton of content there, and we're super excited about it. We've got a goal of 1,000 subscribers, which when we started with the double digits that we had when we started this uh, push, seemed like a lot, mm-hmm. and now we're nearly halfway there. Um, yeah, so that's super exciting. Way. If you haven't checked it out, please do so, because... You're missing out on some of the greatest cycling content that is being produced right now. And, of course, I'm talking about little previews of big bike races. And we've got the host of that show, Matt Allen, here with us today in the pre-lap. Oh, hi. Um, and we want to just talk about it. Uh, little guy, Matt, um, you know, oh, tell, us, uh, tell us about how this came together, how, how the reaction has been, and how are the sensations? Uh, Tranquilo sensations are good. Um, Uh I think Uh the props are good. I think the Mm -hmm. props are going to do really well Mm -hmm. today. And, uh, it came together with some clothespins and they Uh clipped onto things. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right. That's all the time we have, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, to give you a shout out on that. It's been really fun to watch (laughs) uh, along with a bunch of the other shows that, uh, folks have been putting out on the YouTube channel. So definitely... When you're bored, working from home, just head over to youtube.com slash Wide Angle Podium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys. I'll, I'll have some tour previews coming out. I, I, I can't wait, little guy, because I'm going to have to put so many points on roller derby based on many of your theories, That one of which I learned last week, which has to do with if there's yellows on the sleeves, then they win bike races. 
panned out at Lombardy. I know. Let's get back to the show. I'm Ellen Noble, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, once again, we have a ton of listener email, so we should get right to it. The first one made me smile. I know it made you smile, little guy, and Spencer. Definitely, this is the type of emails that we like to get. Uh, This one comes to us from Lynn, who just says, I'm an old lady bike rider. I ride a Stromer e-bike. I put in 70 miles over the weekend. Thanks for all that you guys share. Oh, I am 70. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty rad. That's awesome. That's amazing. Slaying it. Absolutely slaying yeah. it. Um, do we want That's... to talk about the qualities of e-bikes in conjunction with Lynn's amazing email? Uh, I guess so, because, you know, I definitely generally hate on them, but I have to say reading that email, I was like, all right, I'm being a total jerk, and that if they're getting somebody out there that might not have been able to get out there and go as far as they wanted to go otherwise... Uh-huh. Um, they're awesome. That, that All right. that's great. I'm wow. super excited about it. L- little guy, little guy took that bait. I'm so yeah. happy because I'm with you, little guy. I think that this is such a great email. This is exactly why e-bikes are awesome. But even if you're not riding an e-bike, it's great to hear from the listeners. But uh, well, it's at great 70, to hear, it's great great to hear from little guy too. You know that that he has turned a corner because <laughs> I myself have also been shopping for e-bikes because. Oh, you know I need to go further than I am capable of going right now and. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes we schedule ourselves to go further than we're actually capable of going at the at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any experience with that, little guy. Oh, well, yes, I hear you're into it. I did. I was supposed to do a 240-mile <laughs> bike race this weekend. How'd uh, it go? Pre-COVID. Well, it didn't do it because of COVID. I deferred, my, I deferred till next year. Yeah. What um, is this race? It was the day across Minnesota. The day. That's what it's called. Now, yeah, so it starts in like the edge of South Dakota and Minnesota and races all the way to Wisconsin. Can I ask why it goes that way? Why do you go west to east? Shouldn't you go east to west so you can have the sun with you longer? I I don't know, man. I don't throw the race. <laughs> I just signed up for it. Right? Like like don't you want to chase the sun versus riding into the I w- well, personally, I don't like riding into the sun. It's kind of miserable to stare at the sun for 12 plus hours so i would I think, like, but you would be riding into the sun if you're riding from west to east yeah for some of it i don't know man i don't know I mean, here, maybe here's there's the, the hoses tim if you had to finish your bike ride in one of two places and one was south dakota and the other was wisconsin i know they're both bad choices but which one would you pick iowa Interesting. <laughs> no, that's. Good. I think. The, I think the main point is that uh, where it I, finishes is kind of by Red Wing, and Red Wing is a short hop back to the Twin Cities. And yeah. let's admit it, most yeah. of the people doing this race probably live in the Twin Cities metro area. Don't so. don't hate on Pipestone, but um, all right. So hey, nothing against Pipestone. Lynn, thank you so much for email. We got another great email here. This one comes to us from Alex. Alex McGregor hits us up. Hey guys, I'm about two weeks late writing you, but I was a hundred percent sure you would have mentioned this. What the heck was on David Formolo's nose during Strada Bianchi? I really can't describe it. Combined with his off kilter helm- helmet, I'm surprised you guys didn't comment. Oh, and I know you guys are a long time Matthew Vanderpool 
Wout Van Art cross fans like me. Can I request little guy singing in a Morrissey voice? Cross riders of the world unite and take over. <laughs> uh, you can request it, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. So then oh, Alex hits us up with a photo of okay. David Formolo resplendent in his education first kit. No. Sorry. UAE. UAE kit. Sorry. He has an off-kilter helmet, but he has one of those breathe right strips across his nose. But his little guy is wont to point out only one side of it is is adhering to his nose. Yeah. So it's almost like he got the small size of the breathe right. Mm -hmm. But he's got a big nose, let's admit it. So what do you think, little guy, of this whole look from Formolo? I mean, he kind of always has this look. Like, his helmet is a little off-kilter. He looks like a a newly upgraded Cat 3 all the time. He also looks like he's 12. So I I, I am con- – every time he, he has a good race, which is often, he's got some good results. I, I always enjoy it because he, he doesn't – he looks like a boy that snuck onto the race course. And I like it. Interesting. Well, I mean, I for one can sympathize – with him because, you know, when I go uh, shopping for pants these days, I still buy the 32s and, you know, I get home, I don't try them on in the store and then I put them on. And I'm like, well, I mean, they, they kind of fit. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I think they'll be okay. And then, you know, the one side pops off and, uh, you know, halfway through the day <laughs> and there you go. So I, I understand his pain and, you know, I'm going to keep trying and I think he's going to keep <laughs> trying to. Oh, there you go. Hey, we just got an email in under the wire here. This one comes to us from longtime podcast listener Todd Danger, um, who emails us to ask, Hey guys, with the world's cancellation in Switzerland, where should the actual road world course be? So I think what Todd's yeah. asking here is, yeah. what's our replacement course since it's not in Switzerland? Where would be the ideal last minute course? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. man. So, good question from Todd, by the way. Just this is excellent. Yeah, yeah. and timely. Um, so that w- well, here let's set our criteria for what worlds, what a world's course needs to be. Like, it it needs to be difficult. It needs to be challenging for the world tour. It needs to be a circuit type of race. Um, you know, so can't go from one end of Minnesota to the other. Uh, it has to you know, go in laps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe like a nine mile lap, I think would be ideal. Sure. Mm-hmm. How many kilometers is that? I don't know. Mm, it's usually <laughs> close to three. So if we're worried, we're in a pandemic, which is why it was canceled. So if we're worried that we, we don't want to have any fans at the event, we want to keep it <laughs> very, uh, uh, you know, off the radar. Oh, I got it. I, I I'm got it. I'm thinking the U.S. has a good shot at this. Oh, uh, you're thinking U.S. Mm-hmm. See, I was thinking, if you, well, if they didn't want fans, Richmond proved that there are fans that will go. And judging by the amount of rallies to not wear masks, I'm mm-hmm. sure there would be more than enough people that would be like, hey, man, we're going to stand behind this. It's pro, I don't care if it's bike racing. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to prove yeah. that I can do this. So I'm going to take it one on the opposite direction. Okay. Um, I think I think they have to go somewhere where there's not fans and then where there's a circuit. I think it's time to relive, what was it, the the World Championships just three years ago in Qatar? 
Oh yeah. Where oh, God, literally yeah. no one was on the side of the road. Um, there's, you know, you, there's probably a little like hill that you could throw in there and then it's just a sprinter's paradise. Um, this is All when right. Nasir Buhani comes out and wins the world championships in a sprint. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's um, something. Another option to consider is a little-known country, um, New Zealand, which yeah. has not had any issues with the uh, with the COVID situation recently, and so they might probably be feeling pretty good about having sporting events there. Yeah. Now I know they've got some mountains and some good weather. Now you gotta um, watch out for Mordor. It's a quite uh, the climb, but that. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a course there, though. Um, you know, we've had some good sprinters uh, come out of there. And George Bennett. Um, and George mm-hmm. Bennett. That could be good. I, if you're going the island route, I would say let's go to Iceland. I mean, what's the worst uh-huh. that can happen than bringing thousands of people or a couple hundred bike riders that have questionable biological passports anyway <laughs> with uh-huh. you know who knows if they're carrying a, a pandemic so just well, totally infiltrate it, a uh, isolated nation it might be a little what's it what's the weather like and I, I don't even know when is worlds this year <laughs> the, the weather is going to be very uh spring classics and uh, the roads are going to be very good like excellent like the best quality roads i've ever seen it's incredible Awesome. Um, that is all of the listener email that we got this week. Um, so that leads us into the final part that I guess uh, this is when um, I guess two things. First off, roller derby update. I really, I got an email from Luke at roller derby that just says, congratulations, you didn't lose any money during Lombardia or Dauphiné. I came off just going zero on the weekend. So I won back the exact money that I bet so i ended up zero i don't want to know how spencer did because i'm sure he's going to hold it over us because he was ranked in 10th place yeah and i will Mm. (laughs) uh i mean do you really not want to know because i've got it right here no i'm sure you do so why don't you go ahead and just tell me how awesome you did well uh 325 points is the number of points that i lost on roller derby uh, over the weekend, um, I had made seven bets, and none of them were a winner. So that's a big fat goose egg for me. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm yeah. narrowing down the uh, the victory here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Luke is so kind to point out in this email that out of 143 players, I did better than about 10%. <laughs> he is so nice in those emails. I have noticed that. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a positive spin on it. Well, very good. Little guy, how did you do? Uh, I do not actually remember who I bet on for the Dauphiné. I'd have to look that up. I do know that I went all in. I pushed all my chips over to the Remco corner uh, at Lombardia and um, with a Malema to show, a small Malema to show. And Malema ended up fourth and Remco crashed out. So... That tells you how I did. Um, <laughs> you were so kind to point out my yellow sleeves theory that I put in one of my videos the other day that you got to have yellow sleeves to win. And yes, uh, Astana won with the yellow sleeves and, and and first and third, and then yellow sleeves came in second. But unfortunately, I was hoping for the Evanpole little yellow on the quick step sleeves to win, and that was not to be. So. Mm-hmm. 
Well, head on over to rollerderby.com. See if you can beat us. You can clearly beat Spencer. Probably not me because I'm I'm neutral. And little guy it seems pretty uh, pretty easy to beat. To be if we're being <laughs> totally honest. Here. I, you guys know what I always do is I like throw all my money on like Posa Vivo or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the I, other, I can't wait to to when he does win, and I'll just be so we got a hashtag Ask Slow Ride that came up. Um, this one comes to us from Mike Kirby in Chicago. It says, important question for the at Slow Ride pod. If a rider is wearing a skin suit, is it still possible to go full Schleck asking for a friend with an accompanied photo of a fully unzipped rider in a skin suit? Which may mm. or may not be Mike Kirby, judging by. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. what, <laughs> so here's my question. Can you go full Schleck in a skin suit? I, mean, I say yes. Really? There's no flapping in the wind. I think that's what... I think you need to have the fully exposed mm. bib straps. I think the critical factor is the flapping in the wind. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You don't think it's just the chest? No. no. It's never been about a Schleck chest. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's the majesty. The, the, you know, the picturesque, um, you know, mountaintop finish, bib straps, mm-hmm. you know... Bobbing back jersey. and forth. Maybe you have a climber's necklace, climber's chain mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, uh, skin well, I guess not allowed. Yeah, I guess Schleck in a skin suit is like when they, was it Frank who was riding with the camelback like under the skin suit? So yeah. he had the arrow bump or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Always innovators. Awesome. And the final part I want to just give a shout out is friend of the pod, Mitch Docker, which if you guys haven't heard, he did a live kind of like recorded live radio diary between Milan San Remo and Strada Bianchi with the cast of characters you would expect on an education first team, including Michael Woods, which was fantastic to listen to. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was Arguably one of the best journalism pieces I've heard about pro cycling. And it is definitely a must listen for anyone out there. Um, little guy, I know you had the opportunity to listen to it. What did you think? Definitely. Of it? Oh, it was great. You're a hundred percent right. It's amazing. Um, he's, he's been knocking them out of the park lately. He, um, he has, and he still has the talking Luft feed. Um, we loved having Mitch on in the past. I would love to get him back on, but I want to say that, Buried within there, he does an interview with the team mechanic for Education First talking about, you know, getting the wheels and the tires all ready for both Milan San Remo, but in particular Strada Bianchi. And he mentions that they have this new device. It wouldn't say what it was or what the manufacturer is. So Spencer, maybe you know, because you are a tire expert here on the pod, is that the mechanic was talking about how they had like a, a foam or like a, a sponge type material inside the actual tire. Now I know they sell these on mm-hmm. the mountain bike side of things. I had never heard of it mm-hmm. on a roadside. And the mechanic said that like, you know, top secret can't mention what it is, but that it does provide about two bars of pressure if you flat so that you basically can ride at about 30 PSI until you can get a wheel change. And then Mitch Docker was like, yeah, I didn't even know I was flatted until like later when he was like turning in one of the, the white gravel sections of Strada Bianchi that that's when he realized he had a flat and he Mm. thinks he had it for a lot longer. Do you know anything about this? Like I'm totally into this idea. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, they they exist on the mountain bike side for the exact same reason, kind of to protect the rim and give you some sort of surface to ride on. Um, there's a few brands out there. I know Kushkor uh, makes popular ones. Vittoria makes some and a few other uh, brands. Um, I haven't seen any for the road either, but uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, it essentially makes tubeless road tires into tubular tires, which, you know, is that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Easier to deal with. Did they, Same result. Is the weight, I guess, so when it comes down to weight, right? Like there's not a tube in there, but is it the same weight as a tube? Like is it a, is it a physical foam or is it like a, is it yeah. like the tubeless goo kind it's of gotta stuff? It's got to be less no, 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 than no. a it's, tube. No, 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 it's though. a physical, like, it's like a pool noodle, you know? You, you put the pool noodle in. So it's like Tuffy Strips. Uh, yeah, but it's like a Tavi strips um, weighed like nine pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, same idea, I guess. Yeah, it just fills up the the whole cavity of the tire. Okay. I anyways, I was totally baffled by this thing. I'm gonna have to investigate, but I guess that they have them in the road for the EF team. Um, he also does a bunch of interviews with like the bus driver and the soigneur. Soigneur's talking about all the different types of rice cakes that are made. I, I felt like I was actually inside the race way better than any cycling journalism I've ever read on the subject. And then I got to listen to it. So, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, and I hope everyone is able to check it out. Um, and that is the yeah. Mitch Docker, uh, episode over on cycling podcast. So check it out. And do you guys have anything else before we uh, pound off for the day? Uh, I think we hit all 47 things I had <laughs> to talk about, I think. Well, awesome. I'll, I'll think of something after the pod. So with that, we want to thank our brand new sponsor to the Wide Angle Podium Network. That's wattbike.com slash US. Go to wattbike.com slash US to find out about the Wattbike Adam, the ultimate indoor training device and then you will also be able to check out at wideanglepodium.com the slew of shows and how you can become a member and a supporter of this very here podcast by clicking donate and we'd also like to thank all of the listeners and subscribers that have already done that of the wide angle podium network this is tim in orlando florida this is matt in minneapolis And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. episode that was amazing when that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight oh man that was great i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again but hey since i have your attention now hello cyclocross friends new friends and old friends and soon-to-be friends my name's bill i host another show on the wide angle podium podcast network it's called cyclocross radio 
and we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com, become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends.